Welcome back to Raven's Recap. By request from correspondent Kfish, he sent us a tweet saying maybe this would be a future show topic of you're down by four points. It's a two-minute warning. What's your starting offense? And the qualifications are three wide receivers, one running back, one quarterback, one tight end, and of course your offensive line. Our only stipulation is that they actually had to play the position. You can't do what they did for the 25th anniversary team and say, oh, we get J.O. and Stanley, right, as our tackles. Like, they need to actually played right tackle. So that's at least one shift for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think because of this, and we kind of said beforehand that we think this is a real topic, because of the nature, it's a specific drive, uh, a situational football, um, this is a different roster than the All-25. My names are different, for sure. So... I guess let's get started. We said we were going to start with offensive line. And uh, I mean, we could do left tackle. And I don't know if we need to all say it together (laughs) Uh, or if we have some differences. But I I went ahead and said J.O. I think Stanley might be that guy eventually, but I doubt it. And at this point, I would take peak J.O. That guy was just a monster. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Ogden is uh, the free square here. Um, Maybe the only free square. I think there's might be a couple players that i agree with that actually yeah no i actually now that i think about it yeah i think that every other position we're going to look at like there's there's really no clear-cut answer but ogden first ravens player to be in the hall of fame i mean he was in the pro bowl pretty much every year that he was there ravens never had to worry about left tackle there so yeah (laughs) there's no argument argument there (laughs) i'm gonna slightly argue oh okay i'm gonna slightly argue on a technicality, I'm going to put Stanley in my left tackle position and I might as well unve- unveil this while we're here, but that means my left guard spot is going to go to Ogden. In 96, I, if you guys yeah. remember, he played left guard, so I want both of those guys on the line. Technic- <laughs> oh! By those rules, it's allowed. I like it. I like it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. like We literally said like uh, this pro football reference website would be the one and i didn't even look closely enough to see that oh that's that's very smart dude oh yeah i mean yeah it's 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 mentioned in all you know the highlight videos of, of ogden and everything they sent you know his first season played a left guard and after that bookend left tackle yeah i mean there was no way that you know you couldn't put him on the line but uh yeah i wanted to see if i could find a way originally i thought ogden played right tackle but then i looked at it and I'm like no no no, no it's it left guard that was the position but seriously though if even if i put ogden at left tackle i think the uh the backup guy for me at left guard would probably would would have been ben grubbs i thought out of all the names there you, you know you could definitely put Kalechi assembly who's another good option there but i thought grubbs had a a, a larger number of like consistent years i guess on the line and he was a guy we definitely miss for uh, for a while until we got a simile. I mean, my regret is immeasurable right now that uh, <laughs> I don't have Oct- <laughs> uh, and Stanley on my line. <laughs> I'm still recovering. I went with Assembly, but Peter, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I like what Chris did there. That was that was that was clutch uh, going back to '96, and I, I I knew that, but I had forgotten about that until Chris mentioned that right there. So for the next Ford I'm going to pick, I'll reveal my rationale at the end after we've revealed all the names. So Coleccio Semele is the guy I picked. It's a real shame the Ravens couldn't have kept him around. The offensive line with both him and Yonda would have been insane. Unfortunately, his career has tapered off a bit since he left Baltimore, but he was a, so that can make it hard to remember, but he was a monster on the line, run blocking, pass blocking, obviously started for the Super Bowl team. So uh, yeah, Osemele would is a, 
at his prime. Yeah, you want him at left guard. He's a great option there at a two-minute offense. Yeah, him and Grubbs were a difficult decision. Um, I think Assembly was the guy for me, I think partially because he had the Super Bowl pedigree and just like remembering how good he was um, in those years. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was one of those first players I actually appreciated taking a high draft pick on, so to speak, um, because... It always like bummed me out when you saw a high draft pick on an offensive lineman. <laughs> and uh, it's not always the case. No, but you're right. The Ravens have found so much talent, um, you know, late in the draft. Yeah, it's, it's, it feels like a reach there to, to draft him that high. But, you know, obviously, all the guys we've mentioned right now so far, Ogden, Stanley, Osemele, Grubbs, all within the f- first two rounds. So <laughs> there is, there is uh, some benefit to drafting that high still. All right, so the center position is probably the hardest one because as we've discussed a couple times on this pod, especially when doing draft previews um, and uh, when we had Ken on last year to talk about the ultimate team, the Ravens really haven't had a true dominant center in the franchise history. So I went with Jeremy Zutal here, again, for reasons that'll be explained once we get to all of, of my picks. But, you know... You could pick Jensen, you could pick Flynn. I'm not sure who you guys pick, but Zutal was my pick for reasons to be stated later. I went with the guy who won last year. I went with Matt Burke. You know, he was one of those classic pickups by the Ravens where a dominant offensive lineman on the um, twilight of his career, but still had something to offer. And uh, yeah, just slot him in. And I think I think it was a good pick. Yeah, I went with Burke as well. Um <laughs> I think we all knew who's going to be at the right guard position. But, um, yeah, as I was compiling the middle of the line, I'm like, dang, you know, we're basically looking at the, the whole center of the line uh, played together for a couple of years here. It, it's, it seems a little unfair given kind of our age and, <laughs> and where we became fans of the team. It's, it's a little biased. But, you know, I do think that Burke, you know, has a very good case to be, to be picked here, uh, all bias aside. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I was worried about that myself, Chris. But I think all these guys are, are valid to be there i'm not so sure though if the right guard position is going to be as we think i guess i think mr peter over here might be using him at right tackle but uh we'll, no. I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> okay no i i am using yonda at right guard um i'm assuming both you guys have him there as well right guard is an interesting position for the ravens um we'll see if zeitler breaks the trend but like they've always had good players at that position but aside from yonda like, i can't really think of any other guy there who's really dominant there and obviously Yonda's a future hall of famer so it's really hard to put anyone there even if you and it's really doesn't make sense to to give that spot up to shift Yonda to right tackle in my opinion in this situation right I mean Chris Chester was he was, I mean he was good for a few years before Yonda really took over that spot right um but definitely not the same level but yeah I mean aside from that I'm I mean, you got to go really uh, far back to look at some other of these names. Or Benny Anderson being decent, but I might be. I wasn't looking that critically back then. Yeah, he was decent. Uh, he had Kedrick Vincent, Casey Robuck. Yeah, these guys were good, and they they did their roles well. But but none of them came close to to Yonda. And I think the Ravens have had a, a decent number of of very solid to very good right tackles that. Um, don't make sense to to exclude them uh, to put in one of those guys. That's fair. I feel like um, we could see Zeitler become that guy. And honestly, what I was going to say is we haven't seen it yet. 
But Bozeman at center could become uh, the guy, right? Um, we'll see how he does this year. But I could see him and his versatility being uh, being over Burke at some point. So we'll see. All right. So I'll go ahead and s- reveal who I had at right tackle. Um, in my notes, I had Orlando Brown X. I was trying to decide between senior and junior. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to decide right now. I'm going with senior. And the reason why is because I think he might have actually been a better talent than his son. Uh, I think his son's playing playing very well in the league, but um, I think Orlando Brown Sr. Uh, could have maybe even been in the Hall of Fame if he never had that uh, eye injury. Yeah, he had a great career with the Ravens. Um, like you said, some injuries uh, derailed some of his career. And uh, yeah, he was really good for the Ravens when he was there at right tackle. Someone I m- might have considered as well. So for me, I picked uh, Ricky Wagner there. Very solid right tackle for the Ravens when he was there. And if you'll notice, the guys I picked, left guard through right tackle, were all starting members of the 2014 Ravens. One member who wasn't was Ogden. And the reason I did pick that was because I was thinking about this from, was trying to think about what offensive line we would want in a two-minute situation. And I looked back at the Ravens' history and the two, so what? what's the biggest thing you don't want in a two-minute offense. Obviously, out, a turnover kills the drive, but a sack is almost as bad as a turnover. So you want an offensive line that's going to pass protect really well and isn't going to kill clock and lose you yardage with the sack. So I look back in the Ravens' history at when were the years that the Ravens gave up the least amount of sacks. And by far, the best years were 2006 when they... The line only gave up 17 sacks and 2014 when they only gave up 19. So I gave the slight edge to 2014 because you look at some of the names on the 2006 offensive line and it's, it's actually pretty interesting that they were that good because your right side, you had Kedrick Vincent and Tony Pashos, who I didn't remember being that good. Obviously you had Ogden and Mulatalo and Mike Flynn on the rest of that side, but 2006, you had McNair and Bowler, who certainly weren't Lamar Jackson mobile, but they were more mobile than Flacco um, ever was in his career, even if this was pre his leg injury. And I just thought, you know, if if you're looking at a two-minute offense, you know, an offensive line that's that's a unit that's played together uh, is, I, I feel more comfortable with that than just throwing a bunch of random guys from random years together, you know? So... No way was I putting Eugene Monroe over Jonathan Ogden, though. So that's how I had to break up the 2014 <laughs> line. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was just how I approached it. I thought that was a little more unique way to approach it than uh, just picking who I thought would be the best guys. Because how else do you pick a clutch line? I mean, the other positions I think will will have like actual uh, games to go back to to say like why these guys is a clutch player to put in a two minute offense. But offensive line, it's a lot tougher to look at that, you know, with with our knowledge of the game yeah yeah it's definitely a good point yeah and i will say i was i was pretty close to picking ricky wagner i think it's a great choice um out of all the players uh, that have suited up a right tackle for the ravens I, i'm actually gonna go with uh you know a little bit of a different answer from uh, from where both of you guys went um although he wasn't his best when he was with the ravens uh one name that came to mind for me was willie anderson from the 2008 team um i mean 
guys have to remember, I mean, he played for a long time for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he's a Pro Bowl player over there. He was actually all pro for a few years. I remember him being a, a pretty interesting piece when he was signed over from the Bengals in 2008. Um, it's unfortunate he only played one year for the Ravens, but uh, they were able to go all the way up to the you know AFC Championship game, as we know with with rookie quarterback Joe Flacco. You know, and if we're stretching the logic a little bit here, I think, but <laughs> you know, if you get prime Willie Anderson uh, over on the right side, I think he's definitely in the conversation of one of the better you know right tackles in Ravens history. I can dig that. That's fine. Yeah, I like that we all took uh, took different approaches to it. Yeah, me too. And I think. Uh, that's why this made it, like for a valid show uh, consideration. It's a shame that uh, correspondent K Fish could not join us for this episode. Uh, he was offered, but I had to decline. So hopefully he's enjoying listening. <laughs> <laughs> so do wide receivers next? Yeah, I think um, I think let's do wide receivers, tight end, and then running back. Okay. So actually, the question I have for it is: Do we want to do all three at once? Because I feel like you might almost be paying a picture with this uh, position group, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You can do all three wide receivers at once. Actually, yeah, because again, that'll make sense for who I picked for my third wide receiver. (laughs) This guy over here. (laughs) So, okay, I'll go first. Okay. Yeah, you have to think about how all these players are going to mesh together. So, uh, for me, you know, I picked Anquan Bolden, maybe slightly biasly, was the first guy I picked for wide receiver. Obviously, he was clutched during the Super Bowl run. You know, I don't really think he had that many uh, late game heroics during his career. Outside of that, uh, I can think twenty, you know, twenty eleven, that two week stretch where Flacco targeted him heavily in the in the in the drive that set up the game winning field goal against Arizona, and then the next week to set up Torrey Smith's touchdown pass. There's a lot of out routes to Bolden, some routes over the middle. But also, Anquan Bolden is just one of my favorite all-time Ravens, certainly my favorite Ravens wide receiver, so a little biased there. But you want a clutch guy who can just, he could just catch anything over the middle and, you know, open the field up a bit for uh, Alpha S. Steve Smith Sr., um, <laughs> who, you know, 2014 and 2015, before that injury, he could, most weeks, he could, he could break out of play anytime the Ravens needed it. 2014, I think he he ran out of gas a little bit the second half of the season, uh, just with him getting up there in age. But but 2015, he was on fire before that injury, and he would have had, gosh, I think he was on pace for like 1,500 yards or something crazy like that. And uh, the Ravens weren't losing late games late um, by any fault of his. I mean, he was just making a lot of plays late in games, and then the Ravens would score a field goal or a touchdown, and the defense would blow it. <laughs> And then the third one, my third wide receiver for this situation, um, I felt bad. I felt bad disrespecting our guy, Derek Mason, but I just couldn't put two possession receivers and the guy I picked for tight end in this two-minute offense. I needed more speed, so I put Torrey Smith in there, and that might be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I think you, in a two-minute offense, you need at least two guys who can stretch the field deep. Torrey Smith was not perfect as a Raven, but he could always was a threat deep that the defense had to keep account for, and he made some big grabs in late games as well. So those are the three wide receivers I picked. I respect all of it. Chris, do you want to go ahead? Yeah. um, Very similar names here. Um, Steve Smith Sr. was actually the first guy I thought of. Um, I mean, I think back to the, the end of that Bengals game week one. 
think it was 2014, where uh, Steve Smith just throws down Pac-Man Jones uh, to be able to win that game for the Ravens. Um, I feel like I've seen a bunch of his highlights recently, too, <laughs> of just like a lot of like fourth quarter uh, touchdowns from him. Um, so, yeah, he was the first person I thought of, of like if you're you know talking two-minute offense, Steve Smith Sr., He's definitely one of the guys I want. Torrey Smith for me was my second choice. Um, I, I definitely don't think that's controversial, Peter. I, you know, a lot of the big plays that Torrey was remembered for um, were those fourth quarter comebacks, those last minute touchdowns. You know, definitely, it was at a point where it might, you know, could not have been, uh, particularly with that, you know, touchdown he caught against the Steelers back in 2011, um, his rookie season. Uh, if you guys remember, I mean, he dropped the game winner before that play. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, he was able to to catch the next one. And that kind of really cemented him as a as a player that the Ravens could count on in, at the last minute. So, yeah, it's with 2012. He had uh, tons of really, really clutch plays to, to, you know, keep the Ravens going and, you know, keep them through the playoffs. Um, and he was also very good in 2013, you know, kind of being the, the number one guy as well. Um, and my last guy... Yeah, I thought about this for a little bit um, between uh, Q and and this other guy, but I had to go Derek Mason. It's it's so unfortunate too because there are a lot of uh, uh, fans now, I guess, you know, who maybe didn't see the Ravens' offenses pre-Flacco or even early Flacco, and um, just don't realize like how good of a player Mason was for us. I mean, he was. I mean, he was the only dependable guy besides like. You know, maybe heap, I guess, for quite a number of years, and I mean, he's got as I mean, he has as many highlights as a Raven than as any of these other guys that are going to be named on the list. You know, I mean, just talk about like a you know clutch factor. I mean, this man caught a touchdown after breaking his ribs in the middle of a play against the Lions. Like, you know, talk about like toughness and grit. Like, if you're talking about a two minute offense, like I want this guy on the field because he's going to show up no matter what happens. Yeah, for me, I had to have Derek Mason. No one runs a better out route, right? It was money, right? It, it, you need a first down. What are you going to do? Throw it out to Mason. Chuck it to it, Mason, man. It's done. And you know what? On two-man offenses, you need first downs. So I had Mason. All right. I had to stay on brand. I couldn't have Steve Smith Sr. He's not <laughs> <laughs> so, so who did I pick? Of course, you have to have Anquan Bolden. Of course. like I, I did it, Peter. I had the two possession receivers because I was like, Anquan Bolden, he just will get after the ball, and another guy you can just trust to catch it. And then I had to go a little new school here. My last pick, I'm picking Hollywood Brown. He has his best plays at the end of games. He'll take the top off the defense, and um, I, I needed a little bit of primetime jet, a little uh, extra adrenaline right there. So I think that is my combination of wide receivers. I like it the best. <laughs> we <laughs> all took different do. approaches. <laughs> I know. We all took different approaches, but I still like it after hearing everyone's rationale. Um I, it'd be so cool to have that offensive uh, firepower. I think, um, you know, this year, actually, I'll say it as like a parallel. I think we might almost have it. So um, I, I really am, you know, quite keen on what Bateman might be able to bring. And if we get like one of the better versions of Sammy Watkins and we'll have Hollywood, um, it could be pretty darn close to that. So uh, if you like what I just described, um, the perfect timeline for the Ravens next year, you get that. Yeah. I love these perfect timelines. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if Bateman is his best self in his rookie year, <laughs> watch out, world. Damn. Oh, man. Hollywood's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, if he takes that step up this year, um, he could very well cement himself in that. 
you know, just haven't had haven't had as many opportunities as some of these other players to deliver in clutch moments, particularly in the playoffs. But I mean, this last playoffs, I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum. I know I gave him tons of props. I mean, he he showed up and he showed up in a big way. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is kind of uh, a little unfair to some of the newer Ravens that you know we're looking at this list and we're looking at at whole resumes and and we're picking some more of these legacy players because well they've been they've been around longer and they've had more opportunities to show what they can do in this situation um but yeah i really like the thinking outside the box there and and projecting a bit into the future of the potential for for hollywood brown for what he's done so far and and what you know he can really do with lamar if they can just get that consistency going cool let's go ahead and talk tight end um, this was really hard for me. I, I really struggled between two names, but I ended up going with Heap. And I think, just like you said, Peter, he's only winning because he had more years. I think I could have went Mark Andrews here. And I know, like, you know, I think Pitt should have been in the conversation, uh, particularly with that connection he had with Joe. But I was just thinking, like, I feel like we're not remembering Todd Heap for all that he was. At least I didn't think I was. I had to like kind of convince myself like, no, Todd Heap was like the only piece of offense for so many years and he still delivered. So for me, that's why I went Todd Heap. I think if he was able to do that with the lack of weapons around him sometimes, imagine what he could do with that like wide receiver trio I just described or with any of you guys too, you know, like that. <laughs> I think he would have done even better. So uh, Todd Heap for me. Oh, Todd Heap was actually the first guy I wrote down on my list, and which is interesting because the tight end position is stacked within the Ravens' history. Like you said, you got Shannon Sharp there, Dennis Pitta, Mark Andrews. But the thing about Heap was, you know, I think he was the definition of of clutch. And if he played on a better offense for his career, I think he, especially early in his career when he didn't have as many injuries. I think he'd be remembered by uh, a lot more people around the NFL than he probably is right now. Probably very few people remember Todd Heap outside of Ravens fans, I would imagine. Maybe Steelers and Bengals fans might remember the name. But, you know, he really had his best years as a Raven when the offense wasn't that good. But the thing about Todd Heap, if you really go back and look at his career, like he was a guy who in two-minute situation – he would just lay his body out and just completely sacrifice himself to make a play. There was the game in 2010, the uh, week one against the Jets, that Monday night game, and the Ravens needed a key first down to um, hold on to the win, and Todd Heap uh, just dives for an overthrown ball by Flacco and just lays his body completely out, makes that fingertip grab. Um, And then, of course, there was... uh, Flacco's rookie year, Todd Heap uh, caught that pass to set up the game-winning field goal against Tennessee in the divisional round, and his uh, helmet just gets popped off as he just gets sandwiched between two defenders. And then, you know, there's also the game in 2006 against San Diego where uh, he catches that ball and just sheds off Sean Merriman and dives down to the goal line. And and then one more, I can remember, 2004 playoffs. Uh, Ravens end up losing that game, but Anthony Wright had that that pass to Todd Heap, the long, long pass down the line, uh, about 30 yards, I think. And that tied the game for the Ravens, which they would unfortunately lose on a Morton Anderson field goal, I think. But gosh, those are just the things that I'm remembering right now. There are probably other times, other game 
uh, drives where Todd Heat made big plays as well. But was he a Hall of Famer like Shannon Sharp? No. And Shannon Sharp had some, you know, only been Baltimore for two years, but he had, and he had great games for the Ravens. But I, you just have so many, there's so many instances of Todd Heap just making those big plays in the two minute offense that I, I just had to go heap. Yeah. Honestly, um, I, I thought, I thought of Shannon Sharp for a minute just to, to kind of round out the team, maybe get rid of some of the, uh, the new fan bias that might be here. But um, honestly, yeah, for everything you said, Peter, I mean, Heap was, you know, like you said, the definition of, of, of clutch, the definition of, you know, what it means for a player to be in two minute offense. I mean, um, he just showed up time and time again, even when, you know, the teams weren't, weren't the best. I mean, that's, that's absolutely somebody that you want on the field. Um, somebody who's going to make the play, no matter what it takes. I will say, you know, you have tight end line up on the line there usually, and I was thinking about it while we were talking uh, about wide receivers. I looked it up. <laughs> and in Chris's line scenario, it looks so goofy because Ogden was such a mound of a man at 6'9". <laughs> he actually be the tallest guy on the line, even though he's not a tackle. <laughs> which I just thought was funny. Which, which means in 96, I imagine that was exactly what it was, right? You had this mountain uh, at left guard. <laughs> and whoever the heck was at left tackle, I mean, I know who it is. But I'm just saying, like, all right, let's see. Now I'm curious. All right. How, how, how tall are you, Mr. Terry Jones? Or Tony Jones, let's see. Uh, yeah, six five, basically a midget, right? <laughs> like yeah. compared to, compared to Ogden. <laughs> I mean, he was only two hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, I mean, this guy that's, was tiny. Yes, that's like. <laughs> I mean, he may have had the nickname T Bone, but like, come on. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, definitely a little unbalanced. Um, might have to run some of those uh, freaky formations, like put a tight end in the middle of the line. Remember when that happened in 20, 2016? Yep. Before they outlawed it. Crockett Gilmore special. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was Max Williams. Or was it Crockett? I don't remember. I think they did it with both those guys. I I do specifically remember uh, Crockett had a touchdown against Oakland week two, 2015, uh, lined up there. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the Ravens did uh, make use of that before the NFL was just like, wait a second here. (laughs) Shall we move on to running back? Let's go. Okay. All right. Well, um, this one this one's tricky, actually. You know, and this might be a little bit of a surprise, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I was thinking recent players, and, and I kind of had to go with this one. Um, I chose Gus Edwards for just mm. the fact of, oh. um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird pick. And, and I'll admit, you know, if you, if you guys have any shade to throw out, please, please throw it. I want to get this conversation going. But, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Jamal Lewis, Ray Rice, Willis McGahee, any one of these guys, like, you know, I mean, they have more of the stats, more of the accolades than any guy like Gus Edwards. I really like what Gus is bringing to the table, though. I mean, for his first three years, he just, you know, you need four yards, he's going to get you five. I really thought that he would be a good choice for, you know, somebody who needs to, you know, pound the ball at the end of the game um, and get you the yards that you need. Albeit he doesn't have as, as you know, maybe doesn't have the explosion of a Jamal Lewis or the, uh, you know, rounded skill set of a Ray Rice or somebody, you know, but I thought overall with his, you know, his experience so far and his stats and, you know, kind of uh, what you need from a two minute offense might not be a bad choice. I love the pick. I love it. Even though it's not the guy I pick. I, I love anytime anyone gives praise to Gus the bus because he's just one of my favorite guys on the Ravens right now. I think he's so underrated, not even just among the fan base, but, by the NFL as well. But he's starting to come around. He's starting to come around. Yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. I did have to go Ray Rice, though. Again, maybe I'm looking a little, leaning a little more 
too heavily into the historical context of this, but obviously unfortunate what happened with Ray Rice. Um, hope he's doing well and him and his wife and family. But yeah, when he was in his prime, yeah, he had several instances of games at the end where he could just break out a big run. Um, pretty sure he did that in the 2011 last game against Cincinnati. Uh, had like a big 70-yard touchdown run to clinch that game. Um, obviously, we all remember fourth and 23 or whatever it was against San Diego the Super Bowl year. Yeah, just a guy who, uh, in a two-minute offense, you can hand him off to the ball and he can run through the tackles or you can set him up on a screen or send him out wide as a wide receiver. Uh, very versatile player in a two-minute offense. Hey, I love Gus Edwards too. I actually picked him up in a recent fantasy draft I did uh, in the seventh round. I think he's going to be uh, loads of volume there <laughs> for that uh, <laughs> that depth. But uh, I went Ray Rice as well. And the reason why I was like, all right, it's a two-minute drill. You need a touchdown. I want uh, the most clutch pass catcher of the group. Uh, and that's not Jamal Lewis. You know, hey, diddle, diddle, Ray Rice up the middle. That's uh, that's kind of what I look to, right? You know, fourth 29 <laughs> prayer. He comes up through. I mean, as much as, you know, I would love to throw in a J.K. Dobbins. I mean, come on. He's a second-year player. I can't do that. It's a little too <laughs> aggressive. Um, and I mean, but good points about like McGahey. Who wasn't a name that came to mind between um, Lewis and, and Rice. That was really all I was considering uh, for this particular go around but yeah i mean hey gus edwards i mean it's always good to hear his name brought up i agree with you peter so i guess uh it leaves quarterback very controversial that's the last one yeah two guys and uh two guys elvis gerback and trent dilfer (laughs) (laughs) and i choose elvis no (laughs) (laughs) that's the wrong wrong wrong, answer uh, answer for so many reasons (laughs) (laughs) oh man i agree all right guys so where'd you go with this i uh i had some troubles this is the hardest one again because we're saying like you're looking at potential versus a resume right lamar jackson has been electric his uh first couple years in the league only has one playoff win so far, but he's still only in year three. So that's, you know, not something to hold against him too far at the moment, in my opinion. He, you know, obviously has has the ability to, to score anywhere on the field, with, you know, through the air or through the ground. I've seen several touchdown runs last year where that were over 40 yards. So again, how I did this list, uh, I was doing maybe a little too heavily on the past. Joe Flacco had some flaws in his game, but there were several times in his career where he led the Ravens to game-winning field goals, game-winning touchdowns. And if we were looking at this list and saying, like, which of these two guys do I want to get a, a big multi-touchdown lead in a game? I'd probably lead Lamar right now because the Ravens have gotten into a lot of of big point spread uh, leads under him right now. But I think just the history with Flacco with, with some of the game-winning drives he had in his career right now, I would pick him over Lamar in this two-minute situation. Yeah, I went with Lamar. After all that uh, time trying to figure <laughs> out what to do, I went with Lamar. And here's why. We just described this team. All right. We gave him the best offensive line we could muster. We gave him a electric pass-catching running back who can also go between the tackles. And then we said, all right, here's your wide receiver trio. 
one of which is his best friend. And the other two, uh, I'm sure after he caught some of those out routes from Mason and just snagged something over the middle, Anquan Bolden and uh, throw him in their heap would become best friends too. Uh, sorry, Mark Andrews, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think I think with this plethora of options and his feet and his scramble ability, I think we win that two-minute game, and I, I put him in. I, I, I just think he's too good of a player not to throw in there. I'm, and also, no one asked this question, but I think it would have changed things. If you said it was a January game, I could get January <laughs> Joe, I might do it. But you didn't say it was in January. It's just a, it's just a game. <laughs> so uh, I'm going LJX. Oh, man. You're going to make me make me be the tiebreaker here. Um, <laughs> <sighs> well, man, well, I got to be honest. My, 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 first, my first answer was Flacco. Look, I mean... I, I think it's 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 definitely really telling that you know uh, the Ravens being the defensive organization for such a long time, you know, and not really having a quarterback that could uh, complement the just insane level of defensive play that they've had over the years. Those guys really respected Flacco for what he was able to do, um, you know, for closing out games and and, and playing winning football. Um, you know, I think it's it's really telling for a guy like like Suggs in Flacco's corner to the end, right? I mean, even he was a little a little iffy, I think, when Lamar took over. He, you know, he kind of felt that, that Joe, you know, deserved to to go out and, and, you know, he had earned that respect uh, for all of his level of play on the field. I don't know. The other thing I think of, too, is just the context of the era of football that he was in. I mean, Flacco was in the era where you had so many other, you know, truly elite quarterbacks, not like questionably or ironically elite quarterbacks, but like tons of elite quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees uh Roethlisberger Rivers like all these guys were so much better and just like completely dominating the NFL particularly the AFC and you know the Ravens with Flacco were were up in that conversation even though they didn't really have a quarterback at the same level and a lot of that was just you know from the roster that they had and you know Flacco was was clutch enough and and cool in those big moments to be able to pull out wins um even in the toughest of situations um you know, not saying Lamar can't do that. Not saying that Lamar's skill set as a runner and overall, like just off, you know, offensive weapon, uh, can't be in this position. But um, you know, I'm kind of with Peter. I, I went with history on this one, and uh, I got to give props to to my boy Flacco. I mean, it's reasonable. I mean, you think about the deep ball that, that Flacco throws. I think we could say it's probably better than Lamar's at this point. And you know, you might need a deep ball in the situation. Well, at this point, probably not, but. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. the times, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That Monday night game against the, the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a video on Twitter the other day, man, where, shoo, it was like the tightest window I've ever seen. Like, it's like one outstretched arm from the left-hand side, one outstretched arm from the right-hand side. Like, they're about to catch the ball and, you know, get an interception or deflect or whatever. And then there's like another, like, safety coming over. And <laughs> the ball just, like, perfectly lands in Mark Andrews' hands from Lamar. And I was just like, that's... That is a really yeah, tight yeah, no, window. Yeah, I mean, you know, no, no diss Lamar, man. I mean, he's a good, he's a good passer. But oh, I'm not dissing Lamar. Yeah. The the you know when their careers are all said and done, like the deep ball will probably be the only thing that that Flacco can say he did better than Lamar with the, the Ravens. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's really awesome that the Ravens had Flacco for as long as they did, and now that we have Lamar after being so starved for quarterbacks, so starved for quarterbacks for so long, for the Ravens to have um, 
stability at the position with Flacco, get a Super Bowl and a lot of playoff wins from him, and now be able to transition immediately. The next guy immediately steps in and is an MVP player. Um, yeah, both those guys, you know, you want you want both them on the field at and this two minute situation. You know, again, we're talking about the the <laughs> left guard situation with Ogden. We could technically say we can have both Flacco and Lamar out there yes. at the same time because yeah. we could just run the the Wildcat that they did early in twenty nineteen. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of upset that one of us didn't do that. That would have been pretty funny. Well, the problem here was was Flacco with that because you're real, then you're just going with ten players the whole time. <laughs> Hey, I mean, they, hey, they no, lined no, up Lamar no, no, no. a couple rookie, times. Uh, rookie, yeah. rookie year, Flacco. Rookie year, Flacco. Well, that's true. Pretty yeah. good catches. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, Flacco ran uh, as a uh, wide receiver a couple times, but he never caught the ball from Lamar. So does it count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, now, I think these are good teams. Um, I think overall, this team should be able to pull it off. I mean, think about it, right? We just essentially assembled a all-star team to go against whatever the heck defense they have to go. I think they should be able to pull it off. I think we're winning the game. I think any of these teams will win the game. Is what I'm getting. No, at. I mean you have like <laughs> what? I mean you have like at least three Hall of Famers, like that's four maybe. I don't depending on who you have. Like Ogden Yonda, Steve Smith Senior. Well, I didn't have him, but <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I Anquan. I don't know. Yeah, Anquan in there. Todd Heap with a competent quarterback. Yeah, I feel like Todd Heap's career might have gotten uh, kind of stifled there. You know what I mean? Like, if he had a quality quarterback play, he he might have been in the conversation yeah. for all Yeah, I mean, you know, I, comparing eras, too, it's just hard. If, you know, when you have guys like, you know, Tony Gonzalez played, I mean, a little bit before him. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you have uh, Antonio Gates. Like, you have guys like that. And just Heap was very good. He was very clutch. But was he the best tight end in the league? Same thing with Andrews, right? It's like Andrews very good, but is he the best? No, right? Like was yeah, was Heap ever the best at his position any of the years that he played? And that's probably a no. Um, yeah, probably so, no. And that, I think in order to be a Hall of Famer, you probably didn't have to be that once, you know? Yeah, yeah. unless you're a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, then all you have to do is <laughs> right. play long enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, really yeah some. Yeah, I mean, some positions are like that. I mean, I know tons of. Uh, uh, Wolf fans, I guess, are you know, especially the older ones, are probably really upset that like London Fletcher isn't in because like you compare the stats between him and Ray Lewis, and they're like, you know, they're somewhat close, but London Fletcher was not the player that Ray Lewis was. He was never the best player, uh, best middle linebacker. Yeah, very cool guys. I enjoyed this. So thanks again uh, for the suggestion, correspondent Kfish, and uh, I think this was kind of cool that we got to do an episode like this. Uh, you know, when we last discussed, we were like playing out you know our next uh, couple weeks of content and this wasn't even on our docket but it was was just a unique opportunity to talk about and uh, a lot of fun yeah these hypothetical exercises are always fun especially in this downtime of football when we're still waiting for even training camp to start so you know fun little exercise down memory lane but yeah guys uh, thanks again for listening to an episode of Ravens recap feel free to leave a review or a star rating in your podcast player it helps other people find out the show that you uh listen to every week so yes every uh, two weeks during the off season every week plus during the season but you can reach out to us ravens underscore recap on twitter or feedback at ravensrecap.com. we'll be back soon with more off-season content as we get closer and closer to those first preseason games 